So just, you know, for me to encourage you this morning, it's been, been an amazing time for me of learning. And you've probably heard me say some of these things over and over, but just in case you didn't watch that week, you know, it's been, been an incredible time for me in two things. One, in just going deeper with God and my confidence in, in his goodness, in his leading, in his grace, and it's skyrocketed over this time. I have honestly no question that God is taking care of and leading this community and taking care of and leading our lives to whatever degree we will surrender and let him to. And you know, he's so good. We really can trust him. He really cares about you. I just want to encourage you that, you know, if the enemy's been lying to you, maybe your whole life or maybe because of something specific going on where you're feeling guilty or you're feeling like you're not good enough for God or you're feeling like God is disappointed in you or, or are angry or upset at you, those, those things are basically lies that we believe. They're really lies. And the truth is that God is a good father who is p- completely interested in your life. He loves you and he cares. He's not looking at your life going, oh, you've wasted it. You've done this wrong. You made this mistake. You could have been so much more. He's not that type of father. Our father in heaven is an encourager. He's our, our God is one who would come down take on, with the humility of taking on the form of becoming a human, becoming a man, being born as a baby. You know, dying a terrible, indignant, awful death. All so that we could be reconnected with him. Unconditionally. That he would do for us what was impossible for us to do ourselves. You know, to conquer sin and death once and for all. That means it's conquered for your life. That means that God looks at you. And what he sees is his child that he wants a relationship with. That he knows, you know, he's created you for the purpose of love. Loving him. Loving one another. You know, the the greatest power in this world that we have is the power of our ability to love. Our ability to love people. You know, we're surrounded by these incredible trees. You know, there's maple tree Evergreen trees, not sure what that tree is, crab apple trees, you know, and these trees, they have these leaves. This one produces fruit for birds and stuff. We don't really, crab apple, I don't know, I don't, maybe you like crab apples, not always the tastiest for us, but animals love them. And they don't, you know, this crab apple tree doesn't strive to produce apples. These maple trees, they don't strive to produce leaves and, or, you know, if they're sugar maples, they're not striving to produce the sugar that we like to tap from them. They just do what they do because they, they, because that's what they are. It's what they were created for. And, you know, we have this interesting world that's been affected by the, the, the reality of sin and death. And the crazy thing is like when you read the Bible from like Genesis on, One of the greatest things that sin and death causes in our life is a a striving, a a trying to prove or an independence from God, but also like an enslavement of one another. 
you know, and I mean, in our crazy social media world, and, and but it's not just social media, whatever it is, where we compare ourselves to, to think, oh, we're not good enough. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough this. We don't have enough that. We don't have this. We're in this constant thing of like, we've got to somehow be better. And yet God's like, I made you and I made you good. You know, when he looks at you, he doesn't look at what, what's wrong and how you can be so much better. He looks at you and says, I made you for abundant life. I made you, you know, not in the world's term of abundance. That you would live in a place of absolute joy and peace. I have, I have a sister that's moved far up north. And she has, and my parents have gone up there with her. So 10 some hours away. Honestly, when they did it, we thought like, man, they're crazy. What are they doing? You know? But, you know, far up north, they could buy a farm, 100 acres or 100, 100 I don't know, somewhere. 100 could be more than 100 for $60,000, including a house. You know? Now it's rugged. You know, it's, it's, it's a different way of living than, than we live. A lot of the conveniences that we have, they don't have where she lives 10 and a half hours away. But, you know, we were, we were with her yesterday and she was just saying, you know, the interesting thing, like the people there, they're hardy people. They're used to, you know, you do what you got to do. If the grocery store hasn't got its shipment, you go and forage and get berries from the woods or you, or you hunt. You know, if you don't, because their supply chain is very different there than it is here. But she's like, you know, the people, the people work to have fun. Like, you know, it's like family is a, everyone enjoys one another. They spend time with one another. They're not working to accumulate things. They don't really care if their furniture has been passed down for three or four generations. A lot of it was made by the Amish people and it's lasting you know, it doesn't break down after five years. Three generations later, that stuff is still good. And they're not caring about those things. They're caring about one another. They're just, you know, they're not caring about the latest clothes. The stores blow your mind. They don't open on Sundays. And on Saturdays, they only open for three hours. Why? Because no one goes. The only thing is the grocery store. But the other stores, people don't go to them. So they don't open. And, man, just a different way of living. And now I, you know, I've grown up down here. I'm not sure I'm, you know, don't worry, I'm not going to move up north. <laughs> but it just, you know, hearing that story and hearing her talking, it's that pause of what are the things, what have we been programmed at, by our society to chase after and say is important? And, and say we've got to have. Because some of those things actually keep us and I'm not saying they're bad. This isn't about good or bad or things along those lines. It's, a, it's actually about, it's just like, whoa, hold on. Let's think about for a second, what is important? What is important? Because listen, whoever wants to sell you their product will tell you how important it is and how you can not live without it. And that your life will be so much better and more fulfilled once you've got that thing. And we all are susceptible to that. I am... We all are. And some of those things really are going to be important to our lives. I'm not, none of this is a thing of where we start you know, judging what's important, what's not. It's just the what do we live for? Are we working? You know, do we go to work so that we can you know, support our families and have fun? 
and have a live a life of joy and love and peace? Or are we constantly running and striving for the more? The next big thing, the next new thing, all these different things. Now, why am I sharing that this morning? Because you've been created for that life of love, joy, and peace. You know, you've been created for a life of love, joy, and peace. Each one of us. That's what God's created us for. When He created us, when He created this world, He said it's good. He declared it was good. Now, yeah, we, you know, we ate from that tree of knowledge of good and evil and messed things up a little bit. And the effects of that are still here in our broken world. But at the end of the day, you, who God created, he thinks you're pretty good. He thinks you're really good as you are. You know, and, and your level of goodness isn't dependent on how much of the Bible you've read today, how many prayer meetings you've attended, how many religious services you've gone to. Actually, according to Jesus, according to each and every one of the letters that we find in the New Testament, our goodness is found in our, our ability to love. Our ability to love one another. And that, that's amazing. And remember what Jesus said. He said the greatest commandment is that we would love God with all our heart, mind, and spirit and love our neighbor as ourselves. You know? Now, there's three things in that. A, we've got to, you know, love God. It's easy to love God when you recognize he loves you. Right? It's easy to love him when you know that his love is perfect and that perfect love is pointed squarely in your direction and he's like, I love you. On your worst day, I love you. I'm really glad because I have some bad days. And I'm really glad that he loves me in those times. And it's, it's so freeing. It's so freeing to not live like, oh, today I'm not that lovable. You know? Oh, I don't think God loves me today. No, he loves you. He loves you. And when we grasp and we have, have a, can accept that we are truly loved by him, that he's really for us, he really cares about us. That he's a good father that knows every hair that's on your head. As I like to joke, every hair that's fallen off my head. And he knows that detail about you. He knows everything you've done wrong, every wrong thought, every wrong action. His commitment to you? Hey, my son, my daughter, let me just show you a better way. I love you. I love you enough that I'm going to show you a better way. I'm not rejecting you. I'm not condemning you. If you, if you will connect with me, I'll, just, I'll show you a better way. And when, when we start really being able to accept that level of love and peace, man, our times with God become so amazing. I know that's one of the things for me. My, I just so, so love my times with God. Because they're peaceful. They're joyful. They're, they're relaxing. They bring peace and joy to my soul. They didn't used to. They used to be where I would be like, 
oh, I know I did this wrong and I did that wrong and I don't feel good enough and I feel like I don't measure up and I'm terrible. You know, and sometimes in that relaxing and that peace and that joy, I'm highly aware of the areas that I don't measure up, but I'm also aware that God loves me. And so as opposed to him sitting there condemning me, he really is just interested in him, his spirit working within me to, to, to weed that part out of me. So when we grasp that love, we're able to love ourselves a whole lot better. You know, and be in a peace of, of love and joy with ourselves. At peace with ourselves, where we wrote, all is well with my soul. And it's with that love that we can love our neighbors. We can love each other, right? Because we're not striving, we're not competing, we're not, we're not feeling guilty or not good enough, we're not trying to prove anything. We just can be at a place of peace with each other. Just a place of peace. And uh, I think one of the things that I've discovered over this pandemic is the gospel is ridiculously simple. It's so simple. And actually when we tap into some of these keys of the gospel, it becomes really simple to live and re- really simple to testify to because it's one where we, where we can truly see people for how Jesus sees them and love people and, and, you know, from that place of us understanding God's own love for us. So back to these trees. We're kind of like these trees. And, you know, we see this, this crabapple tree because it's the only one here that produces fruit. Well, I mean, if you've ever seen a maple tree, they have those keys and that theoretically would be their fruit. It's not edible, but it's their seeds. And we, they don't, they don't strive to produce the fruit. And Galatians tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Well, you know, I think Paul was pretty intentional in that analogy with calling it fruit. Because like this crabapple tree, it doesn't like have to do all kinds of things to produce crabapples. It just produces them by the very nature of what it is. As long as it's got soil and water, then it, as a crabapple tree, will produce those crabapples. For you, as long as we understand God's love for us and we, we stay in communion and relationship with him, then that fruit becomes a natural thing. It just gets produced in our lives. It, we don't strive to make it happen. We don't have to beat it into ourselves. That fruit just comes about by the very decision to be with God, to follow Jesus, to be his disciple, and, and to accept that incredible free gift of God's grace through what he did at the cross. So let's be simple with one another. There's lots of debatable things we can debate on. When is Jesus returning? You know, there's like all these different things that, that we're never going to come up with the answers to. Let's forget about the, let's, let's not focus on the debatable things. Let's love well. Let's love well. Let's love each other incredibly well. Amen.
I got to say, we're already known as a loving community. So I can't wait to see as we just deepen and grow in this, what that's going to look like. I think it's going to be really contagious. And uh, love well. There's a scripture that caught my attention over this time and it's Colossians 2 verse 2. And it, it's simply, I, I, I can't, without me reading the whole scripture, there's a little three words in it. United in love. United in love. Let's be united in love with one another. And, and let's have an amazing summer, an amazing rest of our lives, amazing rest of this journey, however long it is on this earth, you know, and, and let's love well. Amen? Amen. Well, we are, uh, so just as we, as we wrap up here, I'm going to pray for us. Just in, the, we can't have a social gathering. So as you're, as you are, you know, as we're wrapping up, I, I know you probably want to chat to one another, things along those lines. Just respect the thing of like, if you have a mask, wear it. We just don't want it. You know, the last thing we want is life house in the news for the absolutely wrong thing, right? So, you know, that someone has this Delta variant that we don't know it and suddenly it spreads. So keep that six, try to keep that distance between one another. We're not going to have to do this much longer, right? In a few months time, majority, you know, people, a lot of people are vaccinated, you know, Again, maybe you, you're here today, you don't believe or you, you feel you're, you're not to get vaccinated. That's okay, really. Again, one of these debatable things. But the reality is, is that we're, you know, we'll soon, because of, of uh, vaccinations and things changing, we'll be, able to, we'll be able to talk to one another without six feet distance, without a mask, without those things. But just for these few months so that nothing goes badly, just respect those things. And, and don't linger too long here. There is a really huge park back. If you just walk, there's a path where I'm looking. If you can see where I'm looking, I know this doesn't help you for those that are online, but for those, you see where I'm looking just over here, there's a pathway. It goes in there. There's a playground. There's, for those of you that love tennis, there's tennis courts back there, big fields, trees, all this kind of stuff. So if you, if you like, you're someone you want to really catch up with and have a long conversation, go for a walk in the park. You know, do stuff along those lines. And I'm not saying you can't stay and have a little chat. It's just be respectful of the regulations and respectful of the neighborhood. We don't want to cause anybody stress, you know, and, and we don't want to, we don't want to go against things. So it's, it's honestly so amazing to see you. I say it again. It's so amazing to you. And for those that aren't able to join us yet, that you're still watching online, can't wait till we see you again too. Have an amazing week and uh, see you again next Sunday. I, I said I would pray, and so I just, Lord, I just bless, I bless everyone here, I bless this neighborhood around us. Lord, I just partner with you that what you would want to come about in each and every person's life here, that it would come about, that the fruit that you're growing in their lives, the gifts and talents that you've given them, that they would just be in a place of peace to allow those things to grow, that their relationship and intimacy with you would grow exponentially that their, their knowledge of your love would just continue to grow, that for how can we possibly fathom how wide and how deep your love is? And, and Lord, that they would know that you created them and you created them good and you look down at them with pleasure. Silence all the voices that would say otherwise.
Amen. Amen. Great. Have an awesome rest of the day. Thanks so much.